0: Bam, we are live. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Awakening Self. My name is Aaron Fisher and here is another beautiful day to introduce another amazing guest. So before I bring her in, let me read, her, let me read to you uh, her bio. So Katie is a life coach, sound healer, singer, and the creator of Raw, Real, and Unleashed. A brand that was created to encourage us to embrace our vulnerability, show our real faces to the world, and unleash ourselves from the pressures of living life the way others expect us to. Katie has been an entrepreneur for 15 years, beginning as a registered massage therapist and owning Successful Healing Center, and then moving to the online world of coaching. She has facilitated thousands of healing sessions for clients all over the world, One thing has always connected the clients she has worked with, the idea that anxiety, depression, and dis-ease occurs when we do not live life in the way that feels most authentic. With this realization, her ultimate intention with clients is to always support and empower them to connect with their own truth and take action in the direction of where their soul is asking them to go. In addition... To coaching, Katie is also a singer, a sound healer, and is currently working on her first album titled Beautiful Soul. She's offered sound healing performances using crystal balls, drums, intuitive singing, and believes that music and sound has the power to heal and change the world. So, without further ado, let's bring on Katie. Yo.
1: hey
0: <laughs> how you doing
1: i'm good how are you doing
0: oh, i'm not too bad it's always interesting to read people's bios i you did really always fun
1: really
0: oh thank you I, I appreciate it um but yeah it's it's a nice little bio here i see that you're you know working on things you've been an entrepreneur for many years like me you're also you know you're releasing your first album that's gonna be that's beautiful i'm releasing my first book And then your ideas of like what dis-ease is and anxiety, depression, and helping others to see themselves. I think this is all, yeah, it's just all really cool things. Thank you. But most important thing is you (laughs) and and hearing about you and your story and how did you, where did you start and how did you get to where you are today? uh,
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I'm honored to be here with you. and You know i think the best way to explain where i came from is to um explain who i was when i was young because i think anybody watching this now and seeing what i do in the world now would think i had a complete personality transplant because i um when i was a kid i was i mean i remember being anxious from like two i remember having like panic attacks at age two Mm. and um i was just a really anxious kid overall very sensitive Still very sensitive, right? I'm a highly sensitive person, but I was a very sensitive kid, very afraid of everything. Um, just like things that would usually give kids joy would terrify me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a very abundant kid. We had a lot of things in our lives. We were very fortunate. I grew up in England, so I wasn't born in Canada. I was born and raised in a very small town in England, um, the north of England. And my parents were entrepreneurs. So I was born into an entrepreneurial world. Uh, My parents were very fortunate, very successful business people. Um, We, or they owned shoe stores. So growing up in a really small town with this really popular shoe store where everybody came to get their bargain shoes, right? My dad was very well known, which meant I was very well known. And growing up in a small town where people didn't have a lot, really, right? Like there was, there was not a lot of abundance happening. It was also early '80s. There was a lot of like financial struggle, but my parents weren't financially struggling, and so I became very visible. And um, I let, ended up learning from a, a very early age, or my, at least my brain sort of took on this belief that the more you have, the more people dislike you, and mm. so what I lived through was just dimming my light, like hiding. I did a lot of hiding as a kid. And I, like I said, I was very sensitive, very intuitive, very empathic, very talented from an early age too. I was, I already could have that musical awareness about me. Like if I look at what I'm doing now and I look back, I can see it all. I can see how it was all there yet. It was just stuffed down because I was Mm -hmm. scared, right? Scared of being seen, scared of the anxiety that I was having. Um, I had massive, like, uh, attachment issues to my parents. So I would, I would get away from them, which school was like torture. You know, my first day of school was like traumatic and mm-hmm. then I had to be put into, which wasn't very often because my parents were in business. I didn't necessarily have to go to babysitters or anything like that. But when I did, it was just always this big, like anxious experience. And so I lived with that. Like I just grew up like that. And I turned down like a lot of opportunities, turned down things that maybe would have been really good for me and would have landed me in very different places. Yet I just said no to a lot of things. And so the pattern for me growing up, which is why now like I'm so committed to helping people say yes to their soul calling. My pattern was just, it doesn't matter what you want. Just, blend in, don't stand out any more than you have to. Um, And really like learning that, you know, it's better to have nothing and fit in than to celebrate having so much and give yourself and like people not, and like, you know, people reject you. And so that's really what happened um, up until I was 18. Mm. And uh, when I was 18, I had the opportunity to come here to Canada. Um, My sister, who was 10 years older than me, she already lived in Canada at the time, and um, she'd been here since I was nine, and this one summer she said to me, you know, you're off for the summer, you're not working, you're a teenager, like why don't you just get a flight and come to Canada and just spend the summer with me, just come for six weeks. And that really changed everything for me, like that was like a defining awakening moment where it kind of started my shift because it was so uncharacteristic for me to A, get on a plane on my own and fly seven hours, right? Like I said, like I've never done anything on my own, like school trips, anything like that. I turned all of that stuff down, right? In high school and, and school in general. So to, for me to get on a plane and come here and spend the summer was so uncharacteristic that I really feel like I was just catapulted out of that small mindedness. And I I gave my mind and my brain evidence that I could be different, mm-hmm. right? And so, and that's, that's truly what I believe now is that, and I, I, when I work with clients, I always tell them, it doesn't matter what you're scared of. Like, it doesn't matter. Just take action in the energy of who you know you are, because we know who we are, right? Take action in that energy. And eventually your brain will just catch up with it. Right. I think we talked about that as well, right? Like your mind will just, it'll catch up to what you're doing. You just have to create evidence that you can be that person. And so that's ultimately like uh, what I did. And you know, it's not like my anxiety stopped or anything like that. Like, I, I still struggled with anxiety, still uh, went through a lot of that stuff. But that moment was just this, it was just an opportunity for me to see what was possible. And I mm-hmm. would think that's, like, the first moment in my life where I sort of started to get into touch with who I was versus who I'd been being, like, my whole, my whole childhood, right? So that's like, that's, like, it sort of summed up. <laughs> who I was and, and where I where I sort of ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: cool. So you talked about a kind of an awakening moment. Can you sh- share some of uh, and some of your awakening moments with us?
1: Yeah, um, like I said, that was that was a big one, right? Like just coming to Canada and and making space for this like new life to be birthed. Shortly after that, I had this really weird experience um, where I, I met this person. I didn't know this person. I met this person and I felt this really weird connection with, with that person. Mm -hmm. And it was like this weird awakening of these spiritual gifts. And, you know, going back to my childhood, like I was very, I, I, I had moments where I was always tuned into something, right? Like I can see this going way far back, but wasn't until this moment where I met this person and I had all of these like things being awakened within me where I could, I started to see more than what was just in front of me. Right. So I started to feel, I started to see. And shortly after that, um, I was in the process of moving to Canada officially because after that six weeks, I actually didn't go home. So that was also like a big thing for me. I, I ripped up my plane ticket and I called my hmm. that I'm not coming home and they You need to get your ass on a plane and you need to be back here and I said actually no because I'm 18 and I I don't have to do that (laughs) so I ended up not going back and and literally moved to Canada uh on a six-week plane ticket right so that was that was the first thing but so as I was going through um like immigration and all that stuff I couldn't work so I had a period of a year where I was just kind of sitting at home on the internet things like that and Um, it was in the days of the chat rooms, right? Like we don't really have those anymore. Right. But I I'm 30, I'm turning 39 this year. So this is why this is going back. Right. Um, and it was in the days of the Yahoo chat rooms and I was in there this one day and I was just, uh, I was in like a psychic development room. I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. Let me go in here. Right. And so I started having these, these chats with these people. And before I knew it, I was like, I was reading them. Right. And I was, I was like, okay telling these people that I'd never met these crazy things and this one particular day, um, I was giving this reading to this woman I started to go in in there frequently right because I was like, oh I'm, I'm starting to enjoy this I'm sensing things that are that are unique and I was talking to this one lady and, and I was I was giving all this information about this guy that I could see in my head right I could see the picture of this person I could feel his energy. I knew his name. I knew all these things about him. And I went on and on and on for about 15 minutes with this. And I said, you know, do you know who this person is? And she said, yeah, it's my son. And he passed away last year. Hmm. And I'd like describe all this stuff about him. Right. And so I was floored. Like I was just like, okay, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to shut this down. <laughs> like, I got just, it was so freaky to me, but what that essentially was was an awakening of my, of my gifts, like of my intuition and I don't do that work anymore. I could, if I wanted to, like, I could work as a medium or whatever you want to call it, but that's not my calling, right? It's not something that I do, but it definitely like that chance meeting with that guy. And then the awakening of all those spiritual gifts, it just blew my mind open to the possibilities of what Mm -hmm. I'm in the world. Right. And I, I, that was like the minute I knew I'm meant to be some sort of healer. I don't like that word healer necessarily, but we'll use it just because there's no other term for right now. But like, just, I knew that I was meant to do something that helped people that facilitated healing for them. Right. So that was like a huge awakening. I was 20 years old. I think, I don't think I turned 21 yet. So to have that knowing in that moment, right. Of such a young age, um, but now what followed that, which I think is important to know is because it all kind of came at once and it was back in the day where, you know, there was no Facebook, there was no, I mean, nobody knew what Reiki was back then. Right? Like nobody, like now we're in a time where you say Reiki, it like, Oh yeah, Reiki. I like ever practices Reiki, right? Like everybody kind of knows a little bit back then. Nobody knew anything about anything. Um, and you had to go, into like unique, special places to find people, right? Like you had to literally get in your car and drive to that weird bookstore on the corner like that's hidden away to talk to someone who was just like you. So it was in a very like isolating time of my life. I wasn't working. All these gifts were like, coming to my knowledge and I hit this place of anxiety again um, and depression and um, really like had to work, work through that, like, it was probably one of the times when my anxiety really, really peaked. Um, plus, I was in a new country, I was going through, like, leaving home. And it's almost like my nervous system was catching up with that, like, holy crap, like, what did you do, right? Like, you, you're not at home anymore, you're in a weird country, like, you, all this immigration stuff's happening, like, what are you doing? And uh, my anxiety came up again in, the, in that moment. Um, so I've had these, like, when I look at, like, this, the timeline of my life to sort of put it into a story for you guys. Like I see these pockets of anxiety, depression, and then growth or the other way around, right? Growth, anxiety, depression, growth, anxiety, depression. And I think it's really important to share that because we think we're going to be in that anxiety, depression state forever. And there's always another period of growth coming, right? As, as, as far as I'm concerned, like as I look at my life, like I go through these cycles, I just came out of one like January, like when January hit, I just come out of another pocket of it and then this huge growth again, right? Mm. So I, I can look at the timeline of my life and see all of these pivotal awakening moments, some small, some huge, and then these other little pockets of like, you know, like this like cycle, this like up and down thing. So... Yeah.
0: So I'm curious to know, you've spoken about the word anxiety multiple times. How would you define anxiety? And other than that, would your definition of anxiety be the same today as it would be when you were a child?
1: That's a good question that I've never thought of asking. Um, My anxiety... My anxiety is usually based around, uh, like performance. And I would say that it was the same kind of triggers as a kid, but probably presenting differently. So my, my anxiety as a kid was more emotional. I would say like, um, just that, like not wanting to be away from, from safety. Like I had a very weird relationship with being safe. I still do, but you know, much more aware now of it, obviously, but I always needed to be safe as a kid. So my anxiety as a kid was, am I safe? Am I in control? And I guess to a certain extent, extent it's the same now as an adult, but like, am I safe? Am I going to be okay? And if I was, if I could look at my surroundings and know that I was safe and I was with my parents, it was always that like need to be with them, then I was okay. Um, Now though, I think it's more like my anxiety is more physical now. Like I actually get the physical sensation of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, and it still happens like, the, you know, I, and I think it's like, we think that we're striving for like complete, you know, uh, ease all the time, right? And we're not like, I had anxiety before doing this. Like, it's just that part of me that I have to interact with in a way that embraces her. Like I see her as, a, as you know, I, I use these terminologies, like, you know, different entities outside of ourselves, but they're it within, right? And so I will see her as that little girl who doesn't feel safe or as that little girl who's afraid and just acknowledge that she's there and embrace her and let her come along with me. Right. So it is still, it's still a part of it. Um, but definitely I think more as I've grown older, it's a physical sensation. Like I can actually tangibly feel it in my body. Um, and I describe it as sort of being up here, like in my head, you know, um, it's a very frantic type of energy like the the, the uh, feeling of it is very frantic and it's all chaotic so it's almost like watching a TV screen and you know where you go off channel and it's like that snowy zzz, like that kind of craziness that's mm-hmm. what happens in my head and I have to physically energetically emotionally all of that really like work to pull my my energy back into my body and, like, come back to my heart, right? And sometimes it's impossible. Sometimes mm. it really is, depending on the situation and what what environment I'm in, it can be really difficult to do that, right? So I'm not always successful at it. You know, there's there's periods of my life where anxiety is really prevalent. And then there's times where I don't experience it. I didn't experience anxiety for a whole two years at one point, like nothing, you know? And, and the same triggers that would trigger me just didn't trigger me at all. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely... Um,
0: yeah. My next question for you would be What purpose does anxiety serve in our life? Not just the negative, but also the, the positive aspect of it.
1: Um, I think anxiety is an opportunity to question what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said in my bio, uh, which created a lot of anxiety for me to write if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> you know, in my bio, I said, I've noticed. Clients that have anxiety, and not always, I also want to preface by saying this is not the absolute truth. It's just part of the truth that I feel, right? A lot of the times what is prevalent is there's something that you're not looking at. There's something that you're not honoring. There's something in this moment that you're not seeing. And anxiety usually means, for me anyway, that I'm off in the future. Like, I'm not not even in the room. Like, I'm off in the future, you know going over all the ways that it could go wrong in my mind. Uh, So for me, like anxiety is an invitation to come back to the present moment and to not just come back, but to ask, is there anything else here that needs my attention? Because I find that if we're not in the present moment, we're, we're usually afraid of the present moment for some reason, right? Like people who worry a lot, people who are anxious a lot, it's easier sometimes to be anxious and in the future than to acknowledge the present moment and to make change, right? You might be in a bad relationship. You might hate your job. You might uh, have all of these things that your soul knows it's not for you, but change can be scary, right? Change can be really frightening for people. And so it's easier almost to stay off in the future and in this period of anxiety or the state of anxiety than to say what is my body asking me for even if it's that your body is just asking for you to exercise more drink more water that can be a scary thing honoring your soul is really terrifying it's awesome and freeing and amazing but it's terrifying It usually means going against the grain it usually means doing the thing that um, society expects different of you with, right? So I think honestly, anxiety is an invitation to come back. And if you're if you're feeling anxiety, then just stopping yourself and asking what is in this moment that I am avoiding? Why am I off in the future right now? And if you have to remove yourself from the situation, remove yourself. You know, there's this thought that if you're in an anxious state, you shouldn't leave, you should force yourself to face it. But that can make it worse, right? Like, especially if, I mean, if, you're, if you leave the situation and still avoid the moment, that's not helpful. But if you leave the situation that you're in that's triggering your anxiety and go somewhere quiet where you can breathe and feel yourself, be in your heart, be connected and embodying who you are. And then ask that difficult question. What am I avoiding? What does my soul want right now? And it might be that you don't wanna be where you are. You don't wanna be at that job. Right, or you don't want to be in that relationship, or you don't you don't want to be doing what you're doing. It's about getting mm-hmm. yourself. So yeah, anxiety is an opportunity to be real with yourself, to be true to yourself, and to come back to yourself. Which I think is one of the most important things we can do on our planet right now, is mm-hmm. to come back to yourself. We're all out here, like we're all so external and focused on uh, everything outside of ourselves. When healing is within, right? Like it's all inside of you. So if you're not looking inside of you, then you're not going to have the opportunity to heal. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you'll hear people say, well, I could have dealt with it better, but it's not about dealing with it better during the moment. And the example is if you're a fighter, you train every single day for the fight. So when you're in the fight, you have this awareness, but you can't train in the fight for the fight, it's almost, you need to create that form of awareness prior to it. So it's like if you're having a, an argument with a significant other, well in that argument, you, it's hard to be able to be, create that awareness of, okay, in this situation, this is what I should do because the mind that created the problem is not the mind that will solve it. So you have to take that step back and afterwards, afterwards you take a step back and be like, how could we have handled it differently? What what is it that I what is it that I wanted? What is it that you wanted? And what is it that this discussion we felt was about? And better discussing it because it it happens to it's the it's the pre work that helps you to deal with it, totally. and that's what that's why I always believe in foreshadowing almost your day. Like you will have something today that you will not like. It's a given. Yeah. But how how will you handle it? And the reason I was asking you about anxiety was it's a very interesting thing because a lot of times people talk about mental illness and people think that it's, Oh, mental illness means one thing, but it means something different to every single person. And when you are talking about anxiety, well, I had anxiety and my anxiety was dealt through suppression of emotions that I didn't think I could have. So when I was in the situation to have these emotions, all of a sudden my body would shake, my heart would, 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 would like go crazy and like I couldn't breathe and like I just didn't know what to do and I realized that there was a time in my life where I suppressed who I was and I put up a dam and in the situation it caused a crack in the dam a little bit of water flooded out and eventually like there's times where you feel like you're drowning that it's so much so with my anxiety I took a moment to sit down with myself and say when was a time in my life that I didn't give myself permission to be me? Mm. When was there a time in my life where I thought I needed to be something else? And this goes back into what you're saying. It's I had so much, but I had to pretend that I didn't have a lot.
1: It's it's a big thing. and And just what you're saying there, I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of the work I do with people is around feel what you feel like. Where have we decided as a, as a culture or, or you know, as people that anger and sadness and all of these things is bad? Where have we made that so that we can't express it? Um, mm-hmm. I see this with kids a lot, you know, like I have a five-year-old daughter and I'm really, I'm really um, focused on allowing her to have her emotions. You don't need to stuff it down. If, you, if you're crying, you're crying. Like I hear people tell their kids all the time, don't cry. Don't tell your kids not to cry. Don't, don't punish people for expressing their emotions because it's all the same, right? Happiness, joy, anger, and sadness, they're all the same. It's energy moving. Emotion is like energy in motion, right? It's just, it's coming through you. Let it out. Um, as long as you're not hurting anyone, like why, why do we have these judgments? And I think that's a really important point that, that you're saying, like, you know, as kids, we learn even it might not be my story where I learned to, to shove down my abundance or my gifts, my talent, but we, we do learn to suppress ourselves as children, right? We learn that some things are good and some things are bad. And this is why, um, for me, expression is my favorite word. I used to call myself a soul expression coach. I might do that again. Cause I really, like it. but it really is about like, I'm, I'm going to sit with you and support you to find out a, what does your soul want to express? Like what is your soul here to express in every moment, not just on a grand scale of, well, I'm here to be a singer and I'm here to be an artist, or I mean like moment to moment expressions, moment to moment letting these things come through. And I can't tell you how many times in my life I have been told, oh, you're just too sensitive. You're too much, you're too this, you're too passionate, you're too explosive, You're right? Like we tell each other that we're too much, what does that actually mean? Like, it doesn't mean anything about you. First of all, it means that I can't handle the expression of your emotion, because I haven't given myself permission to express my emotion. And if we could all just allow each other the space to express what's really truly going on, I really feel like healing could occur in big ways, right? So, and the thing with mental health, like, you know everybody is everybody is going through some version of a mental health struggle it's just we've called it mental health or mental health issue and now we've got this again we've labeled it as bad and good right and so nobody can really honor what they're going through and being a massage therapist I'm no longer practicing at this moment in time but I was a massage therapist for 11 years right and so i saw 20, 30 people come into my treatment room every single week. And I'd look through their health history because that's one of the requirements we have. And nearly all of them had some form of anxiety and half of them were on medication, right? So it would surprise me how many times I would see this person has anxiety. This person's gone through depression or how many times I would share my story with them and they'd say to me, there's no way you have anxiety because I would present as this calm, zen, i got my life together, spiritual goddess type energy, because that's the space I hold. But then I would start to tell my story, because I believe in sharing, and I believe in letting people know, you know, they're not alone. And I would start to share the time when I had this or that, and they would look at me like, there's no way I don't believe you. I don't believe that you ever get angry. But like, you should come to my house then, because <laughs> like the, <laughs> the emotion that, that blasts through my being, like, I I can yell, like, I can go for it. I I don't have any... Um, I don't have any problem letting that through right and letting it be there and so I think that's really an important point you made is that we we suppress our emotions so much that it causes disease um, and I truly honestly believe this like with my experience with anatomy and sort of like having the ana- anatomy training as a massage therapist but also like a spiritual intuitive approach I I've always been able to like understand physically what the body's going through but also what the client isn't telling me, like, on an intuitive, like, spiritual level. And the body absolutely responds to suppressed emotion every time, Like, And there's different things that the body, like, I'm not an expert by any means, but there's different things that the body will do physically in -hmm. response to certain emotions, right? Like, certain emotions, depending on what you suppress, sadness, grief, anger, will show up in different parts of the body, like i know clients who come in with like low back pain that never gets better after a while if i sense that they're open to the discussion i'll usually ask them about like security and safety and do you have like money worries and nearly 9 times out of 10 they're like oh my god like i'm stressed about my finances i don't feel safe i don't feel secure and their low back because that's where that energy is carried is is bringing it up for them to get their attention because they haven't felt it and processed it on an emotional level. So it moves through. And I do feel like that's anxiety, too, right? Our anxiety is just a physical representation of what we're not listening to, like I said before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, our body, the thing is, people think our, it's our mind remembers, but our body never forgets.
1: Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, I, I used to say this too to clients, like, listen, while it's a whisper, get into the, uh, the habit of, I mean, if you can feel your body before it even talks to you, then you're, you're, you're doing amazing. Right. But get into the habit of listening to the subtle whispers. And the only way you do this is like meditation, being in nature, like really training your body to hear itself. But if you can get, if you can get good with, uh, listening when it's a whisper, then it doesn't need to yell. It doesn't need to grab your attention with something, you know, loud and, and chronic you know so like getting into that habit of knowing what your body's asking for before it needs to manifest as a physical symptom
0: yeah -hmm. so i want to talk to you about something that you brought up before because when you were speaking about your childhood that you would suppress the idea of well i have a lot but it's better if i show people i have little when did you come to terms with being able to express who you were in life, whether you have a lot or you have a little.
1: Um, I'm not sure that I could pinpoint an exact moment. Um, as I said in my bio, like I owned a wellness center for a while. Right. So when I became a massage therapist and I, I think it was somewhere in there of being a massage therapist. And I think part of it was just having these tangible results and I mean it was very mind oriented like I don't think it was a a healed way of doing it but I do think that during that time period I came to terms with a lot of it and almost like you know I've worked for this therefore I can which is Mm -hmm. not what I choose to teach now but it at least got me to that next level of right like now I don't believe I have done this so therefore like I think we're just worthy and deserving because Mm -hmm. we are born and we are source energy I believe that truly but like I think just going through that experience of opening my own wellness center and being recognized and validated, you know, sometimes we need that, right? It's, it's not necessarily the energy you wanna stay in, but I think there was something in there where, where it just kind of switched for me. Um, also, I don't know if this is relevant, but it's, it's kind of coming up. I had a huge awakening when I gave birth to my daughter. Mm. Um, and I think that changed me. I mean, anybody that gives birth it changes you, right? Like you, you find parts of yourself that you didn't know you had available to you. And I think that really shifted things because it was after she was born that I really launched into my coaching work. And I think it had something to do with just like feeling like Superwoman, like feeling like, um, a lot of my anxiety was healed in that experience. I I knew that my soul was calling for me to have a home birth with her. However, like I've always been anxious about my health and like I've always had this irrational fear of death and dying and something terrible and traumatic happening to me. That's the thing that plays in my mind a lot. And so I had this soul calling that I was going to birth this child at home. First baby, never, you know, not necessarily a high pain threshold. I don't consider I have. Uh, And just I just kept to it. And going through that experience of that labor, I was in labor for three days. Mm. Everybody was telling me like, you're going to have to go to the hospital. Like, this is not going to work the way that you think it's going to work. Like you're going to be exhausted. And I just, just going through that experience and actually it happened the way that I wanted to have it happen. I feel like I had evidence that I was, I could be whatever I wanted (laughs) in Mm. that, that moment, right? It was like, I don't, I don't have to believe this anymore. Like I can be whatever I want. And also having her, you know, when you become a parent, like you've got this like extension of yourself that's listening and watching and learning. And I, I don't want, I don't want her to be like me in the sense that she was afraid of everything. She's a lot like me. Like my daughter is like, she's a lot like me, but without all the fear, she's got all the giftedness and all of the expression without any of the anxiety, which is, beautiful and I'm so grateful for but it was important to me to start to start my life as a mom in the energy of what I want her to learn right and so I don't know that I did it consciously but I think going through that experience made it possible for me to start to uh embrace new truths right and Mm -hmm. one was like I can I can help people in my abundance like I now can sit here and say to you I am I have this weird relationship with abundance where I can literally make anything happen and I have that story with you and I with this podcast right like I literally Mm -hmm. manifested it like that and do it and I don't know how or why I just I'm, I'm just naturally a successful abundant person and I'm okay to own that because it helps other people for me to be in this energy me dimming my light and holding that back is helping no one and it's making me miserable. So there's going to be, there's going to be people who hate me for it. I know that. Like there's going to be people who look at it and think, Oh, you know, she has it so easy, which is not true, but they're going to believe that about me and I can be okay with what people believe about me. Right. So it's just, and it's a lot of self work, to be honest, a lot of self work. I, you know, different coaches that I've worked with different uh, people that I surround myself with going through therapy. You know, they talk about mental health thing. Going through therapy is nothing to be ashamed of either. And really doing the work myself and deciding that I deserve, right? Like I deserve to be this abundant, talented, gifted person. I deserve to share it because it brings me joy. And I'm also on purpose because it helps people. It doesn't help everyone, but it helps people. And if I can help one, to two hundred two thousand two million people then I'm good right whatever it is it is so
0: yeah I think it's good I think what happens at a a young age I'll speak personally about myself is you know at a young age you go from showing something to eventually growing up to just being something right right So being a kid, just like I want to show them that I have worth, but as an adult, later on, if you do put in the work, and it's it's difficult, you don't need to show anything, you just be. And in that, some people accept, some people don't, but that's not what it's all about. Like, there's certain people that loved me when I was a kid that I don't speak to today but my today is not to live for my yesterday and my today is not to live for tomorrow. My today is for me to live for the now and to be who I am now, to share how I want now without creating a buffer or a critic within my head being like, but what will they all think? Yeah, Maybe they'll think this is amazing, but maybe they won't. But what will I think tomorrow if I don't take that step towards myself today? So with that, I'm curious to know, If you were to sit with somebody and they said, listen, what advice would you give to me to take a couple steps to who I am today?
1: I think, you know, the first and foremost thing is to shut out the external world and go within for a while right? Because I just it's funny, this has been really prevalent. It's been a prevalent teaching moment for me this week in my Facebook group with my clients, I find these like conscious collective experiences where the same message keeps coming through. (laughs) And it's what you just said, it's like learn how to be and to vibrate from your soul. And focus on what you're being focus on who you are versus what you're doing. So Mm -hmm come to me and say what's the next action step I, I first and foremost ask them how connected they feel to themselves because when you are connected to yourself right and you know you know with clarity who you are because you know how you feel then it, the, the next action steps become clear and I believe that that universe our soul whatever you want to call it you know whoever's listening to this you can apply it however you want God source spirit love whatever there's a there's a a power, right? That's a part of us. It's not outside of us. It's a part of us. And it's consistently, constantly guiding. Always. We don't ever really need to ask, what should I do next? We just need to focus on what we're being and who we are. And if you don't know that, then how are you going to know what step to take next, right? So my first work with people that come to me, they'll come to me and say, I want more money and I want my business to be successful. And one of the first things we do is, is really look at how connected they're feeling to themselves mm-hmm. and, um, and through, you know, it doesn't have to be meditation the way that we've come to know it. Like you're sitting um, in a chair, like it doesn't have to be that. Your meditation could be, uh, you know, something um, active. It could be hiking. It could be all these different things. And just looking at that and, and asking yourself, are you connected to you? Do you know what brings you joy? Like, do you even know like what you love? Because so many of us are out there figuring out, what do I do next? And we don't even know, like, what brings us joy. Like, we don't even know, like, how we feel, right? We're, we're so busy doing everything for everybody else, like you say. And, and looking at, like, what does that person need from me? I better be that for that person because they're not going to love me. Hang on. Like, do you love you? Right? Like, what does it matter if that person loves you? And, and really, this is the work. Honestly, truly. Like, everyone wants to say, but are you going to teach me how to make money, though? that's a byproduct like I I know it's 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 really um, important that we realize like the work here is like you like connecting to you loving you like don't worry about whether those people like what you're doing do you like what you're doing like let's look at that so two small steps you can do like shut shut off social media like if you're scrolling all day long like stop take a day for yourself Ask yourself, what are three things that would bring me joy today? Like, what can I do that's just for me? Not for anybody else, not because it looks good, not because I'm going to Instagram it later and it's going to look really fancy. What would you do for you? And just breathe. Like, take a half an hour set of timer, and just let yourself breathe and feel your body and ask your body questions and go from there. And that will expand your vibration enough for the the steps to tell you, right? Rather than you trying to figure it out, like, universe and god and so all of that support you will get it once you're connected to yourself and you're connected to that channel Mm -hmm. so it's it's it's, if i can you sum it up in a quote like it's it's less about what you do and more about what you are being what you are and and vibration is everything like i truly believe that that's a whole other podcast
0: Oh, that's what they say it's a human being, not a human doer. There's yeah. a whole difference. It's it's doing things with purpose. And um, one, well, I was having a conversation with my brother yesterday, and uh, he taught me a new word, which is hustle porn. What? I didn't even know hustle hustle porn. Do you ever hear of hustle porn? Oh. I had no idea either. So hustle porn is the. You got to do this, and you got to work hard, and you got to like yeah. throw yourself out there, and wake up at five in the morning and grind every day. It's just like, no, you don't.
1: No, I I can't get on board with that. I just can't. Like, and and you know what? I, because I've been a coach on the online space for three years, four years, whatever it's been, I see a lot of that. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not for me. Like, it maybe it works for you or for you, but it's not for me. And the people that I work with, it's not for them either. They usually come in an energy of shame because of that right? That hustle mentality. And I, I really just believe that flow. And now, okay, so also action is important, right? Because we also don't want to get into the state of, well, I'll just flow along and let the universe do it, <laughs> right? Like, because that's, that's like sort of spiritually bypassing the the whole point of it. We want to be in a place where we are taking action, and we are, we are following the call to do. It's just, it's, it's, doing from a place of being. So surrendering the need to hustle, because honestly, the hustle, uh, a lot of it is just based on what other people are going to think of you, right? Like, you know, it's, it's really just, it's not even about you at that point. And it's very shaming, like, it's very, like, shaming, and I'm not enough. and, And unless I'm doing this, this and this, and I'm not successful enough. And there's, there's no place for just being in touch with yourself. So it's about finding that balance. I don't think surrendering the hustle completely is necessary. Um, But maybe a new word, maybe we come up with a new word for hustle, right? Like, it's that heart aligned, or soul aligned action, inspired action. For me, Mm -hmm. like, that's what feels better for me, like inspired action. And trust me, I do a lot, like, um, since being back into the world of coaching since January, I've done a lot. But it's from a place of inspired action and presence. If I don't feel connected and present and I don't do anything because I know that the results are going to be ego driven and they're going to create this frantic energy that, that this doesn't serve me or anyone. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that to go with an idea of hustle um, I think that yes, you should work hard, but I also think you should work smart, meaning that you should, you should have goals. You should do a morning check-in and you should do a nightly check-in. What did I want to achieve today? What are my goals today? What are my tasks today? And what obstacles might face me in the way? And what kind of person do I want to be today? That way you cut out the fat, you cut out the noise, and you're focused. End of the day, did I do it? What could I have done better? Check in with yourself. I believe that this is a formula for success. Now, it doesn't mean that, like, okay, this guy is a multimillionaire, so i got to wake up at, like, 5 in the morning, and i got to hustle. But, like, yeah, no you don't Mm and
1: like if like I'm a really big uh fan of ritual and routine right and Mm -hmm. I teach this but not my ritual and routine I'm not going to teach you my routines I'll share them with you because they may inspire you and maybe we're similar to the point where you're like that one would feel really good but you know it's not a cookie cutter approach have a ritual and a routine but make them like aligned with you right so like every week I do that every Sunday night I sit down and I decide does this week feel like it, it's meant to be like, what is, I love choosing words for me because I'm a writer and a singer and all of that like words are powerful. And I'll, I'll sometimes choose one or two different power words for my week. This is how I want it to feel. Okay. So now that those words of how I want to feel again, embodiment and being in my body, that will lead to my action. Cause I know if this week, my soul is calling to feel very rested, And very um, charged and rejuvenated. Well, we're not going to do anything strenuous this week. That's not what my soul is calling for. So maybe I'm going to spend more time in the forest. Maybe I'm going to spend more time meditating, taking baths, whatever it is that serves me, right? And so so having a ritual and a routine that serves you is important. It doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Again, it's that like, don't focus on what, focus on what you are. What do you need for yourself? And, and I do honestly believe that having it down on paper, setting goals, I call them intentions, same thing, having an intention or a goal. I think this is one of the ways we stay uh, we stay aligned and on track because it's, it's easy to get distracted, right, especially with social media and being pulled in all these different directions. I think definitely having intentions that you write down, but also having some flow to it. You know, we don't have to be so rigid, and we don't have to wake up at 5 a.m., That was one of the things that uh, a coach that I was working with that was really great for me. Um, One of the things she started doing was waking up at four in the morning to journal and meditate and and all of this stuff. And I was like, she inspired me so much. I loved her so much that she didn't force me to do it, but I took it on. Like I should be waking up at four a.m. At the time, Maya, my daughter was like, I don't know, eight months old or something. So I tried it and I ended up so like, Anxious and depressed, and like, but I was kept like pushing myself to do it. Like I have to keep doing it. And now when I look back at that, I realize because now my morning routine feels really good. Like I've got my morning routine to a point where it is slow and easy, and um, there's no stress. There's no like I don't I don't rush myself in the morning. I stay in pajamas to the last second. Now to someone else, that might seem like not being productive enough. To me, that's what my soul needs to be productive after right? So, so yes, have the routine, have the ritual, um, do the things that are connecting to yourself, but do them in the way that feels right for you. Mm-hmm. You're not a nature person Well, going and forcing yourself to walk in the forest for an hour is not going to connect you to you. You're going to be living someone else's suggestion, right? So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good that you said that about the 5am wake up call, cause it's not for everyone. You know, and this is why you got to ask yourself what you most need to thrive and and follow those. And and also be aware that the guidance you get from your soul, when you really start listening, you might start to get some guidance that freaks you out, it scares you. It might be some big stuff that you're told to shift, right? And having the courage to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to get to this kind of place, you have to try trial and error and learn what works for you, what doesn't work for you. If you wake up at 5am and it works then go for it. If you wake up at 4am and it works, go for it. If you can do all these amazing things, like go do it, go do what works for you. But it doesn't, there is no cookie cutter way to success that like, if you do this, you will be successful because you have to first define what your definition of success is. And then you have to understand what are your goals? Like, The universe has, like, I I say this a lot, but the universe has your back as long as you have your front. Meaning, like, let it know what you want to go, and then it's like, oh, I see your clear goal and your direction. Let's move towards it. And it's not about hitting your goal, but it's understanding your value system. Because who you are when you reach the goal might change, but if you're in line with your values, well, that makes sense. It's like, if your goal is, I'm going to climb the mountain, that's fine but climbing the mountain you might burn out but what are your values what is it in your system that it's like well one of my values is discipline it's patience it's taking a breath okay fine so now I understand that my goal is to climb the mountain but this is the values that are going to take me up there so it is really taking the work for yourself but my values can't be your values my goal can't be your goal it's who I am is not who you should be because who you should be is not who I should be either. It's and understanding.
1: That a mm-hmm. circle kind of, right? Because like, you know, in the coaching culture or in the, not even coaching, but in the personal growth culture, we're told what our dreams should be. Mm. Like there was this huge uh, movement. I don't know if probably still is a movement of like six figure business and make 10 K a month and 20 K a month. What if that's not your dream what if that's not your goal what if you just want to make five or two or three what if you want to get rid of all your belongings and just make enough to to live in a tiny house are you not good enough now because you're not tony robbins like we really need to be um living our dream and not based on someone else's idea of success and what that is right Mm -hmm. um and allowing ourselves that freedom to want what we want you know? And, um, yeah, I think it's, it is, it's really important. Like live your, live your dream, but make sure it's yours. (laughs) Make sure it's your dream. You know, like, I think we have these ideas that unless I'm driving a fancy car and living in a two car garage home with this, this, and this, and I haven't reached success, but you have to be in, in touch with what your definition of success is. How do you know you're successful? How do you know when you've reached that place for you? Not what the rest of the world thinks. And this is like, Oh, talk for hours about it. Like it really is, you know, so many people living their life based on this societal thing. And that's what raw, real and unleashed was about when I first brought it out. Right. It was, it was like, um, you are allowed to live your life even if it doesn't conform to society's expectations of you. If you mm-hmm. want a Mercedes and a six bedroom house and that brings you joy, go do it. If you don't, And the idea of success for you is driving a smart car and and living in a tiny home and living alone and having six cats and that's success for you. That's like contentment and peace and fulfillment. Then do that and -hmm. get yourself into a place where you don't change your behavior and your actions based on what the world thinks, because life is short. You're going to die one day, like really, truly, you know, like we have such a limited amount of time to do what we want to do. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I'm really, really like com- committed to for me is I will follow my soul no matter what you think of me. Mm-hmm. I might not find it comfortable. I might struggle with it. I might still have like human emotions that come up. But one thing is for sure, if my soul tells me something, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Even if that person's not going to agree with me or that person's going to be upset or it doesn't matter. Like it's it, That's what I'm here to do. And that to me is my value. I'm here to live out the life my soul came to live.
0: For sure. And that's a very good point. The fact that it's whatever you want, if it is having multimillion dollars and doing big things, then go for it. If it's living in your van, amazing. Not one is better than the other because riches is not, richness is not found in your bank. It's found in the joy. It's, you know, Tony Robbins actually says this line. he goes, you know, success without happiness is failure, you know, and to set up when you have a goal, checkpoints along the way to check in with yourself to ask yourself questions what am i doing right what can i do better how do i feel like is this still aligned with my values like doing these kinds of things are very important but the answers are your answers they're not my answers and that's why these things of checkpoints are so important so we have a little bit of limited time left so i will ask the final question so we have about five minutes left before it cuts off So my, my last question for you is, if you could speak to your younger self, what would you say to them?
1: Chill out, man, <laughs> relax, you're safe, it's all good. Um, I think I would just tell her that she's, she's loved, she's safe, like, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry so much. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it, really. I mean, it's, it sounds simple, but that's all she really needed to hear. It's a good exercise to do too, right? Is to go back to your. I do that with clients a lot. Go back to your younger self and ask what she needs, what he needs, because he and she he or she is still active in your body right now, and she needs oh, to hear yeah. it right now. So yeah, I would. I would just let her know that it does all work out fine, um, and. Uh, maybe I would let her know that it's safe to be seen so that, I mean, I don't have any regrets of what I did as a kid. I, I think that our story makes us who we are. I would never go back and say, well, I wish I'd sang on stage sooner. No, my story made me who I am today. made me this voice, right? But I may just let her know, like, it's safe to say yes, you know, maybe say yes a few more times. Cause I think we could have had some cool experiences that we didn't get to have, but we're having them now. So it's all good. Okay.
0: For sure okay so before we go i just want to acknowledge you for all the amazing things that you do in your life for the amazing work for being the mother that you are the singer that you are the coach that you are the person that you are and constantly sharing your love and your journey with other people in the world and not shaming them or blaming them for not being you (laughs) but accepting them for being themselves and really appreciate that so before we go Where can people find you?
1: Uh, You can find me mostly on Facebook and Instagram under Katie Luna Lipman. Um, I'm sure I'll be tagged here. Uh, I have a Facebook group called Raw, Real, and Unleashed Community. It's just a group of people that are living the Raw, Real, and Unleashed way. Uh, We have all kinds of fun stuff in there every week. Um, And it's best to just, yeah, reach out on Facebook. My profile is public, Katie Luna Lipman, or my business page, Katie Lipman. And uh, I answer all of my own messages and stuff like that. So if you have questions or want to work with me, you can just drop me a note and uh, I'll get back to you.
0: Cool. I'll make sure to include all the links in the podcast description and everything. So once again, um, thank you so much for your time and energy. Appreciate it.
1: Lots of love, Aaron. Talk soon.
0: Talk soon. Bye.